Uh, well, church family, uh, week two, and we're unwrapping the names of Jesus. And the name of Jesus that we're going to unwrap this morning, that we're going to focus on, is this title of Jesus that he indeed and he alone is the Lord of Lords. The Lord of Lords. So just like last week, I've got one big idea for you. If you walk away with a sermon with one thing, this is the one thing I want you to walk away with. And, and here it is, kind of our banner statement for the morning. Uh, and and I'll, I'll put that full screen for you guys. It's that Jesus... The Lord of Lords came first in humility to serve and save, and He will come again in glory to rule and to reign. Let me say that again. Jesus, the Lord of Lords, came first in humility to serve and save, and He will come again in glory to rule and to reign. And, and all this kind of comes from our primary scripture this morning, which is, which is 1 Timothy 6, 15 through 16. And, uh, and here's what it says. It says, God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to Him be honor and eternal power. Amen. And what you'll see this morning as I walk through this message, guys, is that we're just literally going to kind of walk through that Scripture together as we unravel what, what it means that Jesus is indeed Lord of Lord. And, and I've got four things for you. that I, I think that title, Lord of Lord, as we unwrap its meaning, I think there's four things that we need to walk away from understanding. What does it mean that Jesus is Lord of Lords? And here is the first, guys. First and foremost, it means that Jesus is in charge and that he deserves our full obedience. When we say Jesus is Lord of Lords, it means that he is in charge and he deserves our full obedience. So uh, what, what does it mean to be in charge? Well, really two things. When I say that Jesus in charge is in charge, I mean that he has all power and that he has authority. That's talking about right, right? He has the right to be in charge because he has all power and he has all authority. Uh, listen to what the author of Hebrews says about the power of Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact expression of God's nature, sustaining all things by His what? By His powerful Word. Right? After making purifications for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. I want you to just notice that. It's saying, listen, Jesus is all powerful. That's a big deal. And then, of course, Jesus says this about His own authority. In Matthew chapter 28, uh, look at what He says about Himself. He says, uh, Jesus came near to them, and, and this is what he says. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so, guys, I just want you to kind of grasp this, right? Uh, one of the things, one of the reasons that Jesus is Lord is because he has all power and he has all authority, right? That's what makes him Lord. But, but I, I need to say this to you. This is important because Jesus is Lord, but that doesn't mean that everybody responds to him as such. So, so listen, just because Jesus is Lord doesn't mean that everyone will accept his lordship. And that's where the second part of our point comes in, is that we, we've got to obey him, right? He deserves our obedience. In, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, uh, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in, in heaven. And, and what Jesus is saying is that there's, uh, there's this ability to give him lip service. There's an ability to, to say, well, 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 yeah, Lord, you know, that, that's just a name. But, but no, because uh, it's not just a title, but it's who Jesus is. Because he has all uh, uh, power, because he has all authority, then, then we must make him our Lord, right? We've got to submit to him. We have to 
do what he says. And so that's the first thing I want to unpack as, as we kind of unwrap this name of Jesus, uh, Lord of Lords, is, is that, listen, he is in charge and he deserves our obedience. The second thing I, I think that the title, uh, Jesus Lord of Lord, means is that he's eternal and, and, and that means that he's always been Lord. Right? This isn't a new thing for Jesus. Jesus is eternal and he has always been Lord. John chapter 1 uh, Jesus uh, explains like how Jesus' eternal nature, and this is what it says, John 1, 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning was the Word, right? In the beginning, that, that's, that's before there was a beginning, there was a beginning, and, and in the beginning was the Word, and, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God, he, he was with God in the beginning, and then it says this, and then all things were created through Him, apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created, and that, guys, that means that Jesus has always been Lord. Right? He, was, he was Lord but before anything was created, before you or I, before Adam was made out of the dust, before Eve was made from the rib, that, that Jesus was there and God was there in eternity. And, and in eternity, Jesus has always been Lord. And, and so as we try to wrap our minds around, but what happened in the incarnation? Right? And the author of Hebrews describes what happened in the incarnation. He says that, that God basically is going to set aside, Jesus is going to set aside that, that title for, for a period of time. Now listen, He's still Lord on earth, but all that power and all that authority, that, at that moment He's laying those things down in humanity. And this is what it says in Hebrews 2, 7-8. through It says, you made Him lower than the angels for a short time. There was a short time in the history of mankind that Jesus was made lower than the angels. You crowned Him with glory and honor and subjected everything under His feet. For in subjecting everything to Him, He, you, he left nothing that's not subject to Him. As it is, we do not yet see everything that subjected, uh, is subjected to Him. And, and listen, what that's saying, guys, is, is, is listen, there was a, there's a short period that Jesus... Uh, laid down that power and authority, and, and, and we'll, we'll get to that in, in a second. Uh, but during that short time, he's still Lord. He was Lord before, he was Lord during, and, and, and part of that, that stuff that's subjected to him, the Bible says, is, is judgment. I mean, all things are subjected unto Jesus. In John 5, uh, 21 through 23, says this is just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to whom he wants. The Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. And so, guys, uh, first and foremost, that title, Lord of Lords, it, it, it means that Jesus is in charge. He deserves all uh, obedience. Second, it means that He's always been Lord, uh, even though he, he set aside that power and authority for a short time. And, and I want to talk to you about about that season, what Jesus was doing. That's our third point, what this title, Lord of Lords, means. is it, Jesus, who, who lived in glory, uh, He chose to step down into sinful humanity to provide salvation for us. And back to our original scripture, it said, Lord of Lords, who lives in unapproachable light. Right? Who lives in unapproachable light. And so, Philippians fleshes out what the author of Hebrews kind of, of says. And so, in Philippians 2, 5-8, through 8, we learn this is a choice of Jesus. And it says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, He didn't consider equality with God as something to be exploited. 
Instead, get this, this is his choice. He, he chose to empty himself by assuming the form of a, of a servant. That's what Hebrews says when he, he set it aside for a short time. So, so he empties himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And, and when he had come as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Right? Though he was God, Though he was living in in glory, in unapproachable light, he emptied himself, he became a servant, coming as a man, obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that he could save all that would believe. Right? This is the the beauty of the Christmas story. This is the beauty of, of, of God's story. This is the beauty of our story. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, chose to step out of eternal glory and into humanity. He chose to set aside that power and authority for a short time so that he could live the life that we couldn't and so that he could die in our place so that he could conquer the death that we deserve. And the Bible says that that death, that greatest weapon of the enemy because of Jesus has been swallowed up in victory. And now we stand before God, blameless, not because we are, but because He is. This is what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's the Lord of lords. Which brings me to the last point. Uh, That truth all demands something, okay? The fact that Jesus is Lord of lords uh, means this last thing for us. This gift of salvation that, that, that the Lord of lords that Jesus has provided, this gift of salvation must be received now. During the age of grace. Because when Jesus returns, he will rightly judge the earth. Let me say that again. This gift of salvation must be received now during the age of grace. Because when Jesus returns, he will rightly judge the earth. I I don't know if you've read the book of Revelation, but uh, it talks about a very different coming. That's what Advent is. We're celebrating the coming of Jesus. So the first coming of Jesus is is Jesus stepping out of eternal glory into humanity, coming as as, as a defenseless babe uh, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloth, surrounded by, by animals, right? And, and so, so that's how Jesus comes the first time in, in humility, and he comes to serve and to save. But the second time when Jesus returns, if you read the book of Revelation, Jesus is going to come back in power. It talks about him riding in on a white horse, and it says on his robe, and on his thigh are, are written those titles, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When Jesus comes back, the grace, the age that we're living in, in grace, where anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, that age is going to end, and then Jesus is going to judge the world. So we live in this season where we have an opportunity to receive the great gift of God, which is Jesus, so that we might be saved. But there is a day that God is going to say, enough is enough. I've given them enough time. That gift is is, is over. And, and when God returns, when Jesus returns in glory, in power, He's coming to judge the nations. And here is what the Word of God says. Jesus speaking, Matthew 25, verse 31 and 32. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And that's Advent. Jesus came. That's Christmas. That's what we celebrate. But he's coming again. As the second coming won't be like that first. 
It won't be just in humility and, oh, look at the When Jesus comes back, he's coming back in, in glory with all of his power, with all of his authority, and he's, and he's judging the whole earth, right? So we need to grasp that. So during this age, man, we, this is the time. This is the time to receive that great gift of God. So, so what is this truth as we unwrap the title uh, Jesus is Lord of Lords. What does what is that demand of us, right? And I, I think three things. First and foremost, I, I think it means that we need to accept Christ, right? That this is the season that, that we accept Christ. And, and if you're listening to me, if, if you can hear my voice this morning, I, I just want to encourage you, I want to implore you, if you have never received Jesus Christ as, as your Lord, uh, I, and today is the day. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, Lord means king. Lord means one that reigns over me. And here's kind of how the gospel works. It's, a, it's an exchange, right? And, and so the, the Bible says that beginning in Genesis 3, that all of mankind decided that we wanted to be in control. We wanted to be Lord. That we wanted to be like God. We wanted to know the things that God knows. And, and so because we still do this today. That's called sin. Right? We, we decide we have a better plan for our lives. We decide that we want to we do this or we want to feel that way. We make all these decisions and, and we fly against the rules and the commandments of God. And so all sin separates us from God. So, so, so because mankind was separated from God, we needed a solution to the sin problem because the Bible says this affected all of humanity, that everyone had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It said that no one was righteous, but then it gets worse. It says that there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves righteous again. And so God had to do something so God sent His Son Jesus and Jesus stepped out of heaven and into humanity and He lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He died in our place. This is the Gospel, right? It's the Gospel. And right now, we still live under this age of grace where we can receive the Gospel. But man, when the Lord of Lord returns, He's coming back to judge the earth and, and we don't know when that day or hour will be. And so I implore you, if, if you haven't received the free gift of God that says, in spite of your sin, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. And then let today be the day of salvation. The way you do that is you just cry out to God, say, God, listen, I realize that I'm a sinner. I understand you're coming back to judge the world. I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. And so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know all the details, but I do know that, that I, I, I want to have a relationship with you. I do know that, that I feel lonely and I'm, I'm tired of feeling that way. Will you please come into my heart and my life and, and save me from my sin? And he will do that. So that's first and foremost. I think you, you need to accept Christ. Secondly, I would say Jesus being Lord of the Lord means that you need to submit every area of your life to his lordship. You need to submit every area of your life to his lordship. And so, uh, guys, every, every week, it'll be especially important this week because we, we don't get to meet together in person. There's, there's family discussion questions that you need to work through. And one of those questions is somewhere along the lines of, is there any area of your life that, that, that you're not giving over to God right now? Like, is there any area of your life that, that, that listen, we love to recreate Genesis 3, man. Like, like, you may not want to confess that, but that is us to a T. We constantly want to be like God or think that we know better than God. Like, I, God, I know what's really going to bring me happiness. I know what's really going to bring me satisfaction. I know what's really going to bring me pleasure. And, and so, man, we pursue uh, those things instead of, of Christ. And so that, that, in essence, is saying, like, I'm going to be Lord over this area. And, and then in our spiritualness, like, we just kind of act like God can't see that area. We kind of ignore that area. We talk to Him about, uh, the other things, the surface level things, but we don't talk to him about our, the, the, the hidden areas of sin in our life. And, and listen, man, Jesus is Lord. Like, he, he's not Lord over, over part, man. He's Lord over all. And so I want to implore you, if there is some area of your life, man, 
there's some area of your life that you keep making the same problems. And, and, and you say, I don't know how to identify that. Well, maybe you go back. Well, what is your well? And what is the well that you constantly run to? Where, where, what is the place that you constantly fall? Where is the place that you constantly fail? Where, where is that? Because that's going to tell you a lot about the area that you're not saying, okay, God, I'm dying to this. I'm giving it to you. To, to say, Jesus, I, I need this to be done your way, not my way. And, and so uh, the fact that Jesus is Lord of Lords, man, Listen, we can't just say it. It's not lip service. We have to obey Him. We have to give it to Him. We have to die to our, our Genesis 3 sinful moments. And, and, and we, we, we have to submit unto His Lordship. And lastly, I believe Jesus being Lord of Lords means, right, that we need to go and tell others. That we need to go and tell others. And, and guys, I, I can't, can't tell you strongly enough, like that's the whole point of the message, right, is that, that Jesus came in humility to, to serve us and to save us, and he's provided a way of salvation for all who would believe. And you may be watching, man, there's no way that, that God uh, could, could do that for me, right? I'll go camera two here for a second. Just, uh, you, you may say, like, like, there's no way, like, you don't understand what I've done. You, you don't know how dirty, no, no, do I, I do. I do. Actually, actually, the Bible declares, like, like, like man, that's all of our stories. And you, we have this tendency to want to kind of weigh and measure our sins and say, well, I'm worse of a sinner than somebody else. Uh, I mean, even Paul does that. Paul's like, man, I am the greatest of sinners. Everyone who hears the gospel hears that God chose to die in their place for their sins. That's an immediate response. You go, like, like I'm not worthy of that. And you're not. But God says you are. We're worthy because He made us. We're worthy because we're His. And He has chosen to redeem us in spite of our sin. That's, that, that, that's your story, right? And, and so listen, not only is that your story, but that's the story you've got to go out and tell others. We're living under grace, but that grace will end someday. And I don't know about you, I have a tendency when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to, to going and being a witness, I have a tendency to only do it every once in a while. And most of the other time, I'm just so happy in my own salvation. But there is a lost and dying world. There's a world full of hopelessness. And man, COVID has made it that much tougher. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think people want relationship. And if you could go out to, to a friend and say, listen, how are you doing? You, you struggling with isolation still? Yeah, there's a lot of fear that that's going to come back. And you could say to this person, listen, even though you, know, you, you may not get to see everybody you want to see, what if I could tell you there's a way that you'd never be alone ever again? And, and that the deepest cries of your heart would be fulfilled and satisfied. They, they, they'd be willing to listen to that. And so I, I want to encourage you, man, go out and share the gospel, right? Go and tell it on the mountain. That's, that's, it's Christmas time. Go sing that song this week. All right, I, I guess I, I, I appreciate you. I, I know this is different. I know we're kind of being back at this this week after seeing everybody in person, but I, I appreciate you. Uh, tune in and listen, before you, uh, before you, you I, I was going to say hang up, it's not a hang up call, but before you, you log off, I want to ask you to do some things. I've got three important messages, uh, three important announcements, and then we are going to light the Advent candle and I'm going to pray for us, and, and that kind of kicks off our second week, so I pray you'd hang out for that. So uh, three real quick announcements, uh, and, and here's the first, guys. I want you to know that uh, Bags of Blessing is going on. And so uh, our, we're collecting uh, our bags of blessing. And uh, it says December 13th because of what's going on uh, here since we've got, kind of got a little 
shut down because of staff exposure to COVID. We're going to extend this out to December 16th. And so you can go onto our website. It is now visible. If you just log, log on to fbcelgin.org, one of the tags at the very top of the page says Bags of Blessing. You can click on that link, and uh, it'll give you the full list of what to shop for. We found out that you can, you can do this whole bag, including the bag that the groceries go in, at both Walmart and HEB for less than $20. And so we need 100 of those bags. Please get on it. You can also, uh, we've had some people just offer, hey, with, with COVID, I don't want to get out. Can I just give? Yes, you can. If you text uh, the dollar amount and, uh, and, and so it's, it's the dollar sign, it's the amount you want to give and the word bags to 512-588-1999 uh, that goes into a separate account and we'll use that money, we'll buy the groceries for you even, so please do that. A uh, second um, big deal is uh, Glory Sunday uh, that is scheduled for next Sunday and uh, we know some families have been saving up all year uh, we, we still believe we have a future and a hope and, and the Lord's calling us to, to do great things in Elgin, Texas. And so um, we're, we're, this is our Sunday where we give a, above and beyond our tithes um, to that future. And, and so there's a way that you can even start giving that now. Same thing is you're going you're gonna to put the dollar sign, the amount you want to give, and the word future. You text that to 512-588-1999. There may be some caps on what you can give that way. And so you can still write a check and bring that by the church or drop it in the mailbox. Uh, we would love for you to do that. And so we plan on having a special second offering next Sunday. Sunday. And uh, so stay tuned for that. And then finally, last announcement, guys, is, uh, is this, that uh, we are supposed to have a budget vote in some form or fashion. Um, the budget was put out there last week. We've got two weeks to ask questions. We thank you guys for that have asked questions. And, uh, and we are going to uh, have an up or down vote. Uh, no discussion. The discussion is going on these two weeks, but up or down vote uh, about budget. And that is coming on. And with that, I want to go ahead and I am going to uh, take us over here to our Advent candle, and I would like to read to you guys as we start uh, our second week of Advent. And so here we go. Um, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40, verse 3 through 5, it says this. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight, uh, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged place is a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I, I love that. A voice of one calling, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's what this week is all about. This second week of Advent that we kick off this morning. Uh, that you'll hopefully have your Advent celebration with your family uh, tonight. And, uh, and we're kicking off the week of preparation where we think about all the prophets that have gone before, uh, speaking the truth of God, preparing the hearts. And we too, we need our hearts prepared as we talked about this morning for Jesus' second coming, right? And so let's let uh, light those candles of Advent. The first one, our candle of hope. The second one, candle of preparation and then if you will join me in a prayer Father uh, I know this wasn't the worship service we had planned but God I believe it's the one you had planned so as we gather as families uh, or individually around computer screens or phones this week I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit we sense your presence we sense the community and the fellowship of the people of God and I pray that you are preparing our hearts not just to celebrate Christmas, but that you're preparing our hearts to be a people that are so focused on your kingdom 
that we spend our lives getting others ready for your second coming. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for coming, stepping out of eternity into humanity for our sake. Let us give every area of our lives over to you as Lord of Lords. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.